Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Thursday, January 20th, 2022. On today's podcast, we are going to preview Saturday's Kentucky-Auburn basketball game down in Alabama, in Auburn, Alabama. Kentucky comes into the game off of a 64-58 win at Texas A&M last night on Wednesday night. Improved Kentucky to 5-1 and one in the SEC. Auburn is number two in the country. They have one, just one loss on the year. They're undefeated in the SEC. They took care of Georgia last night, 83-60. to Bruce Pearl's team, a lot of people thought they should have been number one in the AP poll on Monday, but they are currently number two. Should be a great game on Saturday. It is a one o'clock start on CBS. And to help preview the game, I talked with Jay Tate of Auburn Rivals about the Tigers, and I talked with Jerry Tipton of the Herald Leader at Kentucky.com about the Wildcats. So without any further uh, ado, let's get right to it. First with Jay Tate of Auburn Rivals, and then with Jerry Tipton of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest on the podcast now is friend of the pod, Jay Tate of Auburn Rivals, or what were you telling me, or AuburnSports.com? That is correct, John. AuburnSports.com, yes. Either way. Okay, great. Who uh, covers a friend of mine from way back who, uh, uh, you went to both Trancy and UK, correct? I didn't just go. I graduated from both institutions. Okay, I'm sorry. You graduated yes, from both. Okay. Uh, now covers Auburn Athletics, has the Auburn website down there where you can get all your information about the Auburn Athletics. And what we're here to talk about, though, is Auburn basketball in the Kentucky-Auburn game on Saturday. They're at Auburn Arena, 1 o'clock start on CBS. First of all, how are you doing, Mr. Tate? Well, I've been under the weather these last few days, but Ooh. I'm feeling better, and I'm I'm glad that we're able to spend this time together, John, because when I was a young student reporter at University of Kentucky, back in the mid-90s, you were very, very nice to me, and I thank you for that. <laughs> you bring that up every time. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, you were very nice to me as well. I appreciate that. Okay. And I pay I pay it forward by, by being nice to just about a third of the young kids I come in contact <laughs> that's, with. That's the best I could hope for, knowing you. That's pretty good. <laughs> Okay, uh, Jay Tate. First question: Did you did you expect this Auburn basketball team to be number two in the nation right now with just one loss and unbeaten in the SEC? Did you expect them to be this good? Uh, I thought there was a chance. Um, I was probably a little more excited about them than most were. You know, six months ago, eight months ago. You know, last year's Auburn team was just so so, if that. Mm-hmm. But they had some issues. They had some uh, motivational issues when they had self uh, imposed a postseason ban. Like that kind of messed with their mentality. And I think defensively, they didn't have much on the perimeter and they didn't have much shot blocking. And so I thought if he goes out here and he plays the portal right and he gets this guy and that guy to give some, to kind of fix the shore up these problems. They could be really good because I always thought Jabari Smith was going to be an outstanding superstar. And sure enough, I mean, all the guys he grabbed out of the portal are filling a critical role. And then he's got Jabari as like his centerpiece uh, player. And really, I mean, I was thinking about this earlier. When I was at UK, there was a guy named Walter McCarty that played there. We called him Ice. Uh, he was a yes. student with me. And uh, he reminds me of Jabari. I think they're similar kinds of players. Six foot ten, power forward, who likes to shoot. Likes to talk a lot. Very good at getting under under people's skin. So, uh, yeah, I always I always see Walter McCarty a little bit in Jabari. Okay, well, t- well tell me about these tra- the players that Pearl got from the transfer portal. I know one he got from just down the road in Eastern Kentucky. But uh, who are some of the guys Kentucky fans need to look out for? Right, the guy you were talking about was Wendell Green, who played at EKU last year as a freshman, and he was he was really good. 
they asked him to do a lot at EKU, and here he's just kind of a ball handler and a three-point shooter. Um, and, man, he's crazy because his range, his accuracy is better, John, the further out he goes. Really? Uh, so he's better from about 26 feet than he is from 20 feet. Uh, it's very strange. Uh, very much a maverick, and uh, when he gets hot, he's very difficult to stop. They also got a kid named Zep Jasper from College of Charleston, and he is like their backup point guard, plat slash two guard, very good perimeter defender. Uh, and then they got Katie Johnson from the University of Georgia who plays two. He's a great defender. He's very much a fighter. Uh, he's the guy that might have brass knuckles on his hand and knock you out. Uh, and then Walker Kessler, uh, seven-foot center from UNC, and he's the number one shot blocker in the country, and really he makes the defense go. And They just funnel stuff to Walker, and he just swats the ball around. Uh, that's kind of how they do it. So that's the four guys they got out of the portal, and, uh, man, it's really energized this program. Green comes off the bench, right? He doesn't start regularly, correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a misnomer. It is accurate. It's an accurate statement. But he gets, you know, 30 minutes a game or 28 minutes a game. So I just think they have so many dudes that are, like, capable of starting that somebody's got to start on the bench, and I don't think Wynn cares. And, and, and he does have some holdovers from last year. Who, who are those guys? Uh, let's see. Jalen, well, they're mostly kind of peripheral guys, but Alan yeah. Flanagan is back. He yeah. missed the first 12 or 13 games with a partially torn Achilles. Uh, but he's back this year. He's probably five games in now. And he just, to me, looks a little – I think he'll, he's healthy. He's just trying to learn how to kind of get into rhythm with these guys that have already been playing 15 games, kind of figure out where he can slot in, when he can shoot, who he needs to distribute to. I think he's still getting in the flow. But he's back. Uh, Jalen Williams, power forward, is back. Uh, Dylan Cardwell is like a backup center. He's back. Uh, so they, they've got some guys back, but they really needed to, to bolster their roster, and they did that. Okay, when they're when Auburn is playing at its best, what type of team are they? Are the tip are they the typical Bruce Pearl team that they'll get after you all over the floor, uh, play a bunch of people, shoot a lot of threes, or is this a different team? Yeah, so like last year they were out of character. I thought so. The team you're just describing is the team they are now, and you're right. That's what Bruce Pearl likes to do: deflections, get the ball out in transition, shoot threes, be frenetic. You know, he really goes 11 deep right now. feels really good about 10. And, yeah, this is the picture-perfect uh, example of what he likes to do. Is this a better team than the Final Four team Bruce had there at Auburn? I think so. That team was a little more experienced, particularly in the backcourt, because Wendell, he's a second-year player. You know, Zepp's an older fella, and KD's just a sophomore. So it's a little younger than that team was, but I think this is a deeper team, and I think the depth is better, right? And Jabari, I, I mean, he's crazy to me. Yeah, he's, he's an incredible player. Okay, a little earlier today, we were on the Zoom call with Bruce Pearl, and he got a lot of questions about, like, is, you know, where is this game as far as Auburn history goes uh, for a regular season game? Uh, I'm sure another sellout there at Auburn, the crowd will really be into it. Is I mean, how big is this game, I guess, uh, uh, an Auburn home game? How big is it for Auburn? I mean, it's big. It's super big. I, we were kind of arguing about this earlier, not you and me, but me and somebody else about, and I don't even know why I said we. Uh, I feel like there was a UK game maybe four years ago or three years ago that was like billed as the showdown or whatever. Right. I think it was the game when Auburn finally broke through uh, against Kentucky. I, cause Auburn's 5-5 five and five in the last 10 against Kentucky, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Considering how bad Auburn was before BP got here, you know. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a big deal. Auburn is just so... The, the fans are so energized and unified, and at Auburn, they're not usually unified, but they're unified behind this team because football was such a train wreck this year. 
And now this here comes this great basketball team. And so everything down here is pointing in the same direction. Everybody's really fired up about it. Uh, Auburn's got a, a Twitter armada that mm-hmm. ratios the heck out of these opposing teams. And it just seems like it's all hands on deck, man. It's going to be like Beirut down here. I would not be surprised to learn that the Kentucky bus got mooned or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Are you talking about the 2019 game where uh, Auburn won 82 to 80? I'm um, looking here at the games. Yeah, that was a big. I remember that game. Uh, it was a really good game. Yeah, I mean, you, you, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, you've got your Kentucky connections, uh, Trancy, UK, and so forth. You know what a basketball school looks like, and you, when uh, and you were there before Bruce Pearl, so you know how they struggled a little bit before he got there. Are you sure. surprised at all that he's been as successful as he's been there? Yeah. I mean, just because I, I thought he was really good when I mean when he was at Tennessee, I thought he was terrific and thought, man, that guy would be great wherever he goes, um, just because of his enthusiasm. And, and now that I know him pretty well and I know about how he works, now I have a better understanding for what he does best, and that is he motivates people. Hmm. He just has this infectious thing about him where everybody who comes in contact with him wants to work harder. It it's very odd, and I don't know many people alive who who are like that, but he's like that, and. You know, Auburn was the dregs of college basketball. I mean, horrible. Like, if they signed a three-star, it was like, whoa, really moving up, guys. <laughs> and, I mean, now Jabari was a five-star number four player in the whole class. Right, right. And so they're, they're signing five stars left and right, and, and he's, it was gradual. I mean, the first three years he was here, it was, man, it was baby steps. But, yeah, he's got that culture kind of they're expecting to win all the time. And, and uh, yeah, that's been the biggest change. Okay, okay, Jay, tell me, what does Auburn have to do on Saturday to, to get that win over Kentucky? Bruce was talking today about the winner of this game is kind of in the driver's seat for the regular season championship because this is the only time that Kentucky and Auburn play this year. Auburn doesn't play in Lexington, especially I think if Auburn wins, they'll, they'll be up two games in the loss column on Kentucky. I know we still got a, long, a lot of games left to play, but uh, what, what does Auburn have to do on Saturday to get the win? I don't. We. I don't understand exactly how they're going to defend Oscar. Um, Auburn hasn't. Auburn faced a guy like that in Sonogo with UConn and had some trouble with him. And you know Walker Kessler is definitely a defensive threat from a UK perspective, but he's just thin, right. and he doesn't usually go against like bulky guys like Oscar. So I don't know. He's also foul prone sometimes, and I just don't know how they're going to slow him down specifically. Uh, they're also going to take care of the basketball with Ty Ty and Severe out there. I- I'm looking forward to the Wheeler KD matchup. Those guys were teammates at Georgia last year. That's right. Uh, that ought to be fun. Um, and I think to some degree, it's just not getting swept away in the emotion. I think it's going to be the most insane environment ever in the history of Auburn Arena for this game. And I, I thought they needed some time against Georgia to calm down the other night. Really? And Auburn's way better than Georgia. So if Kentucky comes in here and is really – you know, has their game tightened up and pushes Auburn around for 10 or 15 minutes, you know, Auburn can find itself behind if they don't get a hold of their emotions. Right. Well, it should be a great game, no doubt about it, there at Auburn Arena on Saturday. Like I said, it's a 1 o'clock start on CBS. Jay, remind the listeners where how they can follow you online and where they can check out uh, or on Twitter and where they can check out uh, all your stuff on uh, Auburn Athletics online. Well, all the 2.2 people on this podcast who care about Auburn can find me uh, on Twitter at JG Tate or at my website, AuburnSports.com. I'm the publisher, owner, and commodore, as they say. Also, if you don't mind me saying, Matt May, who works at the University of Kentucky, has been under the weather here 
I just want uh, everyone praying for him. I'm praying for him, and I love that guy. I know you do too, John Clay. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks for doing that. Yes, uh, uh, thoughts and prayers and everything out to Matt. To Matt. Matt put something on Facebook today that he's doing better. So uh, hopefully a full recovery for Matt, and uh, we're all thinking of him. Uh, and there, there'll be people who read your site just so they can read what Bruce Pearl said, Kentucky fans, so they can be you know get mad and infuriated over something Bruce oh, Pearl okay, says. Yeah. Yeah, so no doubt. You can't count that out. You, you take all the clicks you can get, right? Sure, why not? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Jay, as always, we really appreciate you. Be- well, let me ask you one quick fo- uh, football question. You said football. Yeah. What, how did you refer to football? Disaster or something like that? Is it going to yeah, get was. better in year two for uh, Brian Harson? I don't think so, man. Because <laughs> I think tomorrow, I, th- I think Derek Mason is going to uh, resign tomorrow. Oh, really? Oh, so breaking news would- here. I well, I wrote it uh, on the website earlier, but uh, okay. yeah, that would be bad. That would be bad. Yeah. That would be bad. Is he going someplace else, or? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Yeah. I just don't know where. I think there's a few places he could end up, and I don't know which one it's going to be. But it ain't going to be here. I don't think. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll we be. Shall see. I mean, you never know. There's there's such a thing as an eleventh hour reprieve. I don't know. Right. Right. Well. Well, people have to check that out. So be sure and check out all of Jay's work. Follow him on Twitter. Find him on uh, the website. So is it Auburn? dot rivals.com you can find it there you can find it there as well but it's auburnsports.com auburnsports.com as well jay as always thanks a lot for being on the podcast john clay my hero thank you okay bring uh, my good friend jerry tipton into the podcast jerry of course covers uk basketball for the herald leader and kentucky.com how's it going jerry it's going well, John. Uh, Kentucky, we are recording this on Thursday afternoon. Last night, Kentucky defeated uh, Texas A&M 64-58 down in College Station. Kentucky was down by as many as 13, I believe, down five at the half. Came back, made some good plays at the end to win the game. Uh, Jerry, what was your impression of the win last night? Well, I thought it was, uh, you know, I think you could argue it was their best win of the season so really? far. Well, just because, you know, your two best shooters, Grady and Mintz, go two for 14 from three, and they go four of 18 overall. Your point guard, Xavier Wheeler, has eight turnovers. And uh, your other point guard, Ty Ty, three for 10 from the field, shooting, one assist. And so, you know, ah, they had a lot of reasons to lose. Right. Yeah, and the they did defend. They did defend very well. And I thought A&M, I, I was impressed with A&M more than I thought I would be. And uh, the trapping of Xavier out uh, near half court was interesting and gave him a different look. And uh, I, I thought Kentucky, I'm sure they'll work on that. So overall, I thought, you know, it was a very good win for Kentucky against, a, you know, a representative team. Okay, let's start with Severe. Severe had eight turnovers last night. I looked it up this morning. I think you've got to go all the way back to 2013 with Julius Randle. Last time they had a player have eight turnovers in a game, and that was Randle's third collegiate game at the time. It was against Michigan State in the Champions Classic. What uh, uh, Should we be worried by this? Do you think other teams will try to – uh, deploy the same kind of defense. I mean, he's had problems with turnovers in the past. He seems to have cleaned that up a little uh, of late, but until he ran into it again last night, is that a lingering problem or is that just a one-off? Well, we'll see. Of course, is the short answer. But uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, you know, I think he's a smart guy, 
and I and uh, you know I think it'll be addressed. They're not going to just carry on, and then we'll see what happens. And uh, I thought, uh, uh, I think sometimes he tries too much. Yeah. He's like overly confident yeah. in what he can do. Uh, but I think this was a kind of a cautionary note, and I don't think uh, I would not expect it to. I think we might see that again. It makes sense. Right. I think the the overall idea, besides the turnovers, would be to get them to play in a half court setting, right. r- rather than up and down. Right. But uh, you know, no, I, I don't think it's going to be like something that comes again and again and again, where he's going to have the, that kind of game. As you mentioned, some of the starters struggled offensively. Uh, Grady had a bad shooting night. Uh, Ty Ty wasn't really wasn't much of a factor. Till really kind of towards the end, uh, but two guys who came off the bench and played really well: Jacob Toppin, Jacob Toppin, and Davion Mintz. Uh, I mean that they got a they got a big contribution last night from the bench, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Toppin, as they said after the game, is so versatile as a defender, mm-hmm. and I mean he can guard pretty much anybody on the court within reason. And uh, and Mintz has been hot. Now he didn't shoot well in that particular game but you know that he can shoot right and uh so you know we'll see yeah i mean yeah he played well i mean he contributed and he doesn't seem he doesn't seem to have an ego about it no which is good and by the way i'm looking at wheeler stats he still has a little bit better than two to one assist to turnover ratio really so so we'll see we'll see yeah but yeah i mean he, he it's interesting to me that uh, you know I think he's I still think he's very valuable to the team, right? And uh, I don't think they'd want to continue on without him, right? And he was their I think he turned out to be their leading scorer last night, didn't he? Twelve points in a yeah. low scoring game, but he uh, ended up being their leading scorer. Yeah, you on the Zoom you asked Jacob about did he did, uh, going back to top and if he guarded how many guys did he guard during the game? But that when you have a guy that size who's that athletic and versatile enough to guard a lot of positions, especially when they like to switch, uh, that's that's very valuable for a team. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, and, uh, I think Cal mentioned in particular the pick and roll, mm-hmm. and he can uh, top and can stay with the point guard if it's that who's uh, who's rolling. Well, I guess the big guy could be rolling, but uh, or he can go with the big guy, right? And uh, yeah. So yeah, I think he's a he's a valuable piece to the overall picture, and you know he might be the stopper, defensive stopper. I asked Cal if uh, if it was based on who he guarded was based on uh, whoever the hot hand was for the other team, but he didn't really go that far with no. his response. No. So, but I would think that that would be a, a consideration. Yeah. So Saturday, Kentucky goes to Auburn. Uh, Auburn ranked number two in the country. A lot of people thought they should have been number one in the country in the AP poll. Uh, they are unde- right. They are now the only undefeated uh, team in the SEC's first conference play. Goes uh, at six and zero. Kentucky is five and one. Auburn's always a tough place to play. Their gym, their the Auburn arena is not real big, but everybody's packed in there. It gets loud, especially under Bruce Pearl. They're uh, they really get into the game. Uh, is this Kentucky's biggest challenge of the year, you think, today? Well, it is definitely one. I mean, I'm thinking about Duke, of course, right, right off the top of my head. Of course, that was a neutral court. 
And uh, Auburn's arena, as you know, has that Cameron indoor stadium quality to it. Right. And I think the fans are more obviously are closer to the court. And so more they can be more impactful. So that'll be interesting to see. I think the thing about uh, Auburn, one of the things that I, that'll make it an interesting game is that I think point guard and center Oscar and uh, Sabir are to me key components for Kentucky and Auburn, I think has guys that are make for interesting matchups at those two spots. Uh, Walker Kessler is among the big guys. I think Auburn has two or three big guys that could compete with Oscar and, uh, and Wendell green jr. Who played at Eastern Kentucky last year has been a valuable point guard. And he's described a lot like severe fearless, competitive. And so, uh, you know, I'm really interested in Kessler because he's such a shot blocker. I'm wondering if if they can keep Kentucky in uh, more of a half-court kind of thing. But when Kentucky makes, like they do, driving to the basket, Kessler could be uh, an impediment to that around the basket. Yeah, right, absolutely. And then Auburn has that freshman who's really good in Jabari Smith, who's kind of added another factor to that. Uh, we talked to Bruce Pearl today on his Zoom. Uh, you were on there, Jerry. Uh, I mean, do you expect this to be an up-and-down game? I mean, Kentucky likes to run. Bruce Pearl, I mean, his MO seems to be he likes to run. Or do you think Auburn will try to get him into a half-court game and maybe take advantage of some of those matchups? Well, to be honest, I'm not sure how much uh, pressing – and scrambling of the game Auburn's doing. Really? They may be doing a lot of it. I, I'm just not familiar enough. I've taped a couple of their games, and I'm going to watch them uh, before Saturday. But, uh, you know, that – I think and Pearl, I think, said something to the effect of uh, – I'm trying to remember uh, – that uh, Kessler uh, going to block shots, there's a uh, damned if you do, damned yeah. if you don't quality – that that leaves Oscar, and then he gets the offensive rebound for the putback. Right. And I think there's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't quality to scrambling the game and mm-hmm. pressuring if if the other team beats it and right. gets down the court with numbers, which, of course, Kentucky really likes to do. Right. Do you think the fact that Kentucky won last night in what turned out to be, as you mentioned, uh, as you were uh, mentioned on the Zoom with the players and with Cal after the game, a possession-by-possession game, does that give them some confidence going into uh, what will be – and it was a hostile environment last night. It was a Reed Arena record attendance, you know, another whiteout. uh, You know, uh, Texas A&M was 15-2 unbeaten in the SEC, you know, really hyped the game up. Kentucky Kentucky shot 36%, did not shoot – well from three but yet found a way to win the game does that help them going into the Auburn game or is it just a completely different scenario playing a team like Auburn well I mean there is a difference you know a different opponent different arena different setting and all that I do think it's you know, experience is helpful mm-hmm. uh, to state the obvious and uh, they, Kentucky hasn't had very many possession by possession games and they hadn't won any of the three that were decided by single digit margins until Texas A&M. So, yeah, I think that's helpful. Now we'll see what happens. Who knows? You know, right. every, every I'm a firm believer that every game's its own adventure. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I have to believe that if it does come down to the final minutes, uh, that Kentucky, that experience from last night can be helpful. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, apparently, he didn't say it on the uh, Zoom today, but apparently Pearl last night after they beat Georgia said that this was Cal Perry's best team since the 2012 Anthony Davis team. Uh, do you think, is that accurate, you think, or is that just uh, Bruce hyping up the opponent? Well, it's hard to say. I, I mean, I <laughs> To be determined? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're good. I mean, obviously, uh, from their record. And uh, I heard the Pearl on his post-game press conference, not the radio, and he said something similar. I think there he just said something like best Cal team in years, he uh-huh. said. He didn't specify 2012. I probably would take, if you if they played, I would take the 2012 team. Yeah. Although it would it would be interesting <laughs> to see Anthony Davis and Oscar. Well, that would be true. That'd be a fun matchup to watch. Yeah, that's true. I would still stick with the 2012, I think, overall. After all, yeah. I mean, they did win the championship, and this team, we've we've got a ways to go to see about this team. So, I mean, we've sort of covered it, but what, what do you think the keys are for Kentucky on Saturday? What do they, what do they need to do to get which would be a really big win? And, and I, I thought it was interesting today, Bruce kept pointing out, which is true, you know, these teams only play oh. once during the year this year. Auburn doesn't come right. to rub. So whoever wins this game is, you know, they've, they're in the driver's seat, I guess, for the regular season championship. They at least have a leg up uh, on the regular right. season championship. What, what does Kentucky have to do, you think, to win on Saturday? Yeah, especially Auburn with the leg up. If they win, right. uh, they're two games up in the loss column. But I think everybody, including Auburn, is going to lose some league games. Dude. I just think that enough uh, competitiveness in the league. Uh, I'm going to be watching uh, uh, Kentucky's defense. Really? I, I know the UK coaches have been uh, <laughs> kind of kidding the media recently about obsessing about shooting. And uh, I always thought that Bob Ryan of the Boston Globe, I think he wrote or said one time that, you know, shooting is uh, important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and everybody that plays basketball you know, they shooting is a skill that everybody I think would like to have. Right. And I think that's why the coaches don't emphasize it because they don't have to. <laughs> Players want to shoot well. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to be looking for defense and uh, and how Kentucky defends. That to me is uh, going to be interesting with Jabari uh, uh, Smith and uh, and uh, Wendell Green Jr. and Kessler to a degree. Right. Others. I mean, they have a deep team, a deep team they with do. good play, like Kentucky does. Right. So, you know, I'm looking for, I think uh, you would have to think it's going to be a possession by possession kind of game. Yeah. Well, you know, talking about the shooting, I, re- I can remember back when I covered a lot of Louisville games, Denny Crumb said one time that when he was assistant for Coach Wooden, that Coach Wooden, I think at the math department at UCLA, commissioned them to study, you know, what was the factor that meant the most in winning a basketball game, and it was shooting percentage. <laughs> the team that shoots a better percentage than the other team wins <laughs> a fast majority of the time. And don't I think you agree. Good shooting makes everything else look better. Oh, absolutely. And everybody's pepped up, you know, player wise. If you're pep, if you're making shots, you're peppy. Uh, I know one thing that Buzz Williams said that I thought was interesting, and I I don't have no way of checking this stat, but he said uh, forty going into the game last night, forty six percent of Kentucky's, I think he said baskets mm-hmm. came in the first twelve seconds of the possession. Mm-hmm. So I think that. That seems very high. I don't know what to how to put perspective on that, but that seems like a lot and yeah. says something about transition of wanting to play in transition. 
Yeah. Which it's like last night. I thought Texas A&M, I thought they played really, you know, really good defense. They forced what Kentucky had 17 turnovers. Kentucky did not shoot the ball well. I think that was a season low, the 36.2%. But Texas A&M themselves couldn't, whether they were one for 22 from three-point range, I think. I mean, they couldn't score. And I think is ultimately why, you know, they ended up losing the game. So I don't know how good where they rank in terms of, uh, uh, three-point shooting percentage, Texas A&M. But I, I kept thinking, don't take as those that many three-point shots. <laughs> they, so they, that's, you know. they actually I, led the SEC going into last night, I think 37.4%, but they didn't take a – they were not a, a volume three-point shooting team. Uh, yeah. In fact, when I uh, did the podcast previewing that game, Travis Brown, who covers them for the Bryan College Station Eagles, said that, uh, you know, their strength had been they were a better mid-range shooting team than Buzz had had his first two years uh but uh last night they could not uh they certainly could not hit a three and they took as you said they took a bunch of them ended up one of 22 so auburn likes to take a lot of threes too but uh like you say with walker kessler and jabari smith i don't think they have to rely on the three quite as much as maybe some other teams so we'll see how that factors in and i agree i think kentucky's defense will be a big factor in this game because auburn they're a good offensive team too so We'll see how it shakes out. So I thought A and M Henry Coleman the third of the transfer from Duke yeah. was having pretty good success around the basket. Yeah, he ended up with seventeen only double figure scores, seventeen points and eight rebounds. I might have wanted to go to him a little more, but I, you know that's those kind of things are easy to say. Right in hindsight, right after the game. So uh, anyway, we're, we're trying to do foresight going into this uh, Auburn game on Saturday. Uh, Jerry will have plenty of coverage leading up to the game, during the game, and after the game. Follow Jerry on Twitter at Jerry Tipton uh, and online on at Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Lexington Herald Leader. And Jerry, as always, thanks for being on the podcast. Well, thank you, John. I got to go uh, feed the dogs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. Thanks to my guest, J.G. Tate of Auburn Rivals or AuburnSports.com and Jerry Tipton of the Lexington Air Leader and Kentucky.com. Like I mentioned, it's a 1 o'clock start on Saturday for Kentucky and Auburn. Should be a great atmosphere at Auburn Arena. Should be a great game. You can follow all of our coverage leading up to, during, and after the game. Follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Check out my sidelines blog. I'll have updates on the blog during the game uh, on Saturday and we'll have my takeaways after the game. We'll have plenty of coverage with Jerry. As you mentioned, you can follow Jerry on Twitter at Jerry Tipton, Mark Story, Mark C. Story, and Ben Roberts, Ben Roberts HL. Follow all those guys on Twitter for updates throughout the game and after the game as well. I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. Uh, leave a rating and review if you can on wherever you find the podcast. That just helps get the word out. Thanks again to Jay Tate. Thanks again to Jerry Tipton. And thanks again to everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.